0: As you remember from last week's gospel on Sunday, there's tension between the ministry of John the Baptist and Jesus, and it's heightened today. Maybe you don't pick it up so obviously, but it's there. We'll describe it. Jesus's ministry was spelled out in the first reading from the book of Isaiah. However, when Isaiah wrote these words, it was during two major battles that the people of Israel were going through and experiencing. And as he wrote these words, it's us, the New Testament people, who applied them to Jesus. He had no idea who the Messiah would be. He had no idea who the person would be anointed by God to bring peace. And we heard what the words are. When he comes, the land that's parched, don't forget they're living in a desert, will bloom. He will strengthen the people and he will tell us all, be strong, your God is here. Lift up your hearts. He's here to save you. The lane will leap like a stag, and the eyes of the blind will be opened. That's, That's proclaimed by Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus was born, hundreds of years before John the Baptist was born. Don't forget they're pretty much of the same age, different by six months. Now, we know that John the Baptist was arrested by the soldiers of Herod and put into prison. Because he's preaching preparation for that person that he imagined from Isaiah. He's coming, he's here, get ready. And there was something in John that made the coming of the predicted Messiah urgent, like there, he's he's here in our own time. We don't know what. But we have to presume it was the Holy Spirit. Because don't forget, when John was baptizing in the Jordan, among the people he baptized, Jesus comes to be baptized. And he says to Jesus, You should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, Let it go for now. Let it go according to what you're doing. So, The question in our heads, our minds, is did John the Baptist know that Jesus coming to him for baptism was the Messiah? There's something inside of him that says, yes, when the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at that same baptism, should have been confirmation, but then they went off to two different directions. And Jesus started his ministry. John is already ministering. And John is ministering with hell and brimstone. Reform, get your lives together. Go back to God. Come on, jump aboard. Be cleansed in this water of the Jordan. Now Jesus is off preaching someplace else. In the meantime, the tension builds, and the soldiers of Herod and the temple guards arrest John, and he's in prison. The reason, you know, there's always that one little caveat, there's one little technical step. The reason he was arrested was not that he was preaching repentance, was not preaching against the Pharisees and Sadducees. The reason he was arrested, the technicality was that he objected to the fact that Herod had divorced his own wife and married his brother's wife. So he's condemning Herod for being a great sinner. And while he's doing this, Herod's getting messages. And Herod sends out the decree, go get that guy, put him in the deepest prison we have. And that's where we pick up John today. He's in prison Some of his friends are visiting him. And he sends them word. This guy that's preaching, again, I don't know why he doesn't recognize this Jesus. Maybe the span of time between his baptism and his mission was long. Maybe he didn't even recognize who Jesus was physically. But he says to his own followers, go ask him what he's doing. What's he all about? Is he the one that we've been waiting for? He's the one that's going to conquer the the Jewish authorities that are not faithful. Is he the one who's going to conquer the the, the Romans who have occupied our land? Is he the one? Is he the Messiah? And John traditionally is looking for like a, a knight in shiny armor, a terror. And Jesus sends the message back to his followers, well, just tell John what you see. The healed, the lame, the blind, all being taken care of. And in Jesus' action, he goes back to the prediction from hundreds of years ago of Isaiah. The eyes of the blind are being opened The ears of the deaf are cleared. Those who are lame are dancing. Those who are mute are singing. John's confused. So you see this tension going on. John's confused. You were supposed to go knock off the Romans. You were supposed to knock out Herod. And you're doing these lame things. Healing. Forgiving, and the tension between the two of them continues and jesus does not stand down from his ministry he was prepared for this from the moment he was born he was prepared to give you and me sight insight beyond the physical world he was prepared to give you and me faith in curing and prayer beyond what the doctors can do alone. He's given us a relationship between himself and his father. The Baptist wasn't doing that. He was saying, get your act together and clean it up and come back to God. And Jesus, the gentle one, is in conflict. What were their expectations? We know the expectations of John was a, a vicious war against the enemy. And the expectations of Jesus says What do you see? The blind see. The deaf hear. What do you see? The good news is being proclaimed to everyone equally. And in his actions, he's respecting people of all, most of them are Jews, but of all backgrounds. And in a very special way, bringing them to God. And while this is going on, eventually we hear more about John and his destiny to have his head cut off by Herod. Before that happens, Jesus sends a message. You went out to see John, the wacko preacher prophet? Whatever you think about John, he's holy. But the least in the kingdom of God is more important than John. John is closing the Old Testament and Jesus begins the new covenant of God's kingdom and picks up the lepers, the blind, the hungry, and raises them up to the dignity of members of God's community. Now, now, forget that happened 2,000 years ago. That's our ministry now. To care for the poor. To to, to visit the imprisoned. To take care of those who are needy in so many ways, and sometimes with clothing and and food, but needy of attention. When this was going on, violence was the name of the game. The Roman Empire had conquered the area. Their way and their word was definitive. I, I'm wondering if we need that hero again today. I, I'm wondering if we need Jesus again, or maybe continuously, because the, the world is as violent now and more so than it was at the time of John the Baptist in this conversation with jesus the need is greater maybe because the publicity is more maybe because we have more access to the entire global community but the need for jesus is greater than ever and his healing his speaking to us his proclaiming the good news of hope is still so urgently needed today As we prepare for his birthday, the world comes along and almost snatches it out of our hands. They forget the birthday, forget the Advent season, forget the preparation, let's party. Put up the lights, light the bells, go dancing, skate on, on ice until you drop. Forgetting this gentle Jesus gave us his ministry and gave us his mission and asked us to pass it on to each other. And that ministry is not party till you drop, but love with your whole heart and soul. Caring for that list of, of outsiders, the poor, the lepers, the hungry, the, the naked, the lonely. And in so, so many ways, the, the filling of the world's head with noise around Christmas time is an attempt to address the loneliness that so many people feel during this time. Ring bells, drink, have parties, and they're all good in the proper order. But when someone is lonely, someone has been hit with an illness, someone is missing his or her relative, for his child all that noise doesn't comfort it shadows it it covers it but at the heart of each person that longing is still there and that's what Jesus is for to fill that longing to put us in connection with our Holy Spirit within us so we can breathe deeply and bring God into our lives and know that we're not alone. We might be a single person in an apartment and that might be alone, but that person does not have to be lonely because he or she has Jesus with him. And that's hope. That's that's a breath of fresh air. That's what we celebrate December 25th. And that's what we're moving toward. As a matter of fact, the first scripture today says, do it with rejoicing. Rejoicing, because that's actually going to happen. The land will bloom. Joyful song. The glory of the Lord will be ours. So as we move through the season of Advent, we stop one Sunday rejoice sunday today the vestments color is different the pink candle is lit as a reminder wait a minute even in this messed up world even in this world where there's so much loneliness we can rejoice because he's with us and his name says it all emmanuel god with us as we continue our journey Rejoice that he's with us and that we have the strength to rejoice on his birthday, but that's for you and for me. He doesn't need another candle.